Greetings in the wonderful name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We are grateful for this opportunity that we can gather to read His Word and hear what the Lord is saying to us. I'm Tim Doem. The Word of God is power. Actually, the Word of God gives us courage and shows us the way and it actually changes us to be more like Christ. Today we are looking to the Word of God or we are looking into the Word of God on what it expects on us and what are the good works that Jesus Christ is referring to in the Bible. Let us read. The title of the message today is Saved for Good Works and we shall read the Bible in the book of Ephesians Chapter 2, we shall take it from verse 8 to verse 10, and I will read. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourself. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. At some point in time, me and my twin brother, we were young boys. We used to attend a Sunday school or a ministry where they now call it the children's ministry. But as young boys, we would attend Sunday school. It was a distance from home to the Sunday school. It was not necessarily in church because it were the olden days. We would go to a distant place, maybe about two, three kilometers to our destination, and we worship. It was under a tree. But we would get the word of God. The Sunday school teacher would preach to us. It happened uh, at one particular time that he preached, and after preaching, he made uh, an altar call that invited those who wanted to accept the Lord Jesus Christ to be their Savior, to raise their hands so he could pray for them. We were those, we were part of those who raised their hands and he prayed for us and we received the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior. We were so happy. And then I remember on our way home, when we were going back home, we were discussing about the feeling we are having in our hearts. We are feeling so light and we actually even said, you know, what happened today? We have been so happy and so light, even if we can die, we wouldn't mind to go to heaven. So it was like we were ready to die, having received the Lord Jesus Christ. But unfortunately, we did not die. Or fortunately, we did not die. Today, we're still alive. 30, more than 35 years have passed since we accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, as my personal Savior, but I'm still alive. The question is, why was I saved? And why didn't I die immediately? I accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the same question you can have yourself. Why is it that you accepted the Lord Jesus Christ into your life, but you're still alive? You are going, to you are going through difficult uh, situations in your life. Sometimes you are tempted. Sometimes your faith is challenged. Sometimes things don't go the way you wish they would. But sometimes things go, uh, they flow, and you are so happy and you are glad you see the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. But I want us to get to just these two words, good works. We are saved for good works. Paul talks about good works that God planned for us. 
various versions they put it in different ways but i want to quote it from the uh, from the amplified i'll just read uh, verse 10 for we are his workmanship they quote in quotes his own masterwork a work of art created in christ jesus which is reborn from above spiritually transformed renewed ready to be used we have been spiritually transformed. Like we had accepted the Lord Jesus Christ with my brother. Oh, you have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. You have been spiritually transformed and you have been renewed. Now, we have been renewed. We've been changed to be this new person transformed for good works which God prepared for us beforehand. These works were prepared beforehand. But these are good works. As we have been born again, God expects that we who have been transformed now portray the good works. Now, what are the good works? The online uh, dictionary defines good deeds as something kind we do or something that is helpful that we do to other people, like giving a helping hand where there is a need, just to be kind, good people, so people can see that what you are doing is good. That's what is expected from God's children. We read in the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 10, in the Lord's Prayer, where God is talking about a kingdom. He said, Thy kingdom come, where Jesus is teaching the disciples about prayer. He, say, he says, Thy kingdom come. The kingdom of God come on earth. Now, we have been saved, transformed to be his princes, to be his children. We are now called the children of God. We are now actually not even called to have become the children of God. That was the Bible says. We are the children of God and we resemble and we are representatives of the heavenly kingdom. Some people tell, say we are now ambassadors. But we are also princes of heaven. We represent the heavenly kingdom. So when the Bible says, may thy kingdom come, it means as the princes, as we are now people who represent the heavenly kingdom, we have to live according to the kingdom principles. Now, there are kingdom principles. When we talk of a kingdom, we mean there is a king. And the king in this case is the Lord God Almighty. He is our God. He is the one who is in control of this kingdom. But this kingdom also has some characteristics. There are some things that are evident or that uh, define the kingdom of God. Because a kingdom has to be defined. If you're talking of the kingdom of Eswatini, there is a king. And there is a culture that the people of that country uh, do the way they do things, which is their culture. Also, in the kingdom of God, there is a culture on how we do things. When we talk about culture, we don't refer to the dancing or whatever only, but we refer to the way we do things, the culture, how we do things in the kingdom of God. As born-again believers, we have to resemble or we have to portray how things are done in the heavenly kingdom. I want to quote some things. Just before I quote, I want to quote... Uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 18, it says, uh, there it says, Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. Paul is advising the wealthy, the wealthy people to be willing to share and to be generous. 
It basically means this is part of the good things or the culture in heaven are good deeds. I want to quote quite a number of things or characteristics that should be found in those who have been called into the kingdom of God. I want to draw your attention to the book of Acts. It was after they had received the Holy Spirit and the disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ preached to the people that they were changed in Jerusalem and they believed in Jesus Christ and the way of doing things changed. Their culture changed. Now, if you read the Bible in Acts chapter 4, verse 42, you get to realize that the believers started to share their belongings. They now understood that they are members of the heavenly kingdom. Those who, have plot, who had plots and those who were rich, who had a lot of money or whatever they had, they started distributing amongst themselves to ensure that everybody has something, had something to eat or something to use for the need. So the first character that we see in the heavenly kingdom, the culture of the heavenly kingdom is sharing. As believers, we are people that should care for those who are needy. There's quite a lot that is around the circle of helping the needy. Even God himself portrays his care for the needy. We will get there and you will get to understand what the Lord is saying about helping the needy. As Christians, we are supposed to share. Now, I also want to draw your attention to one lady that we hear of in the Bible. In the book of Acts, chapter 9, verse 36, we read the story of Dorcas. Verse 36 says, In Joppa there was a disciple named Tabitha. Note, she was a disciple. In other words, she was a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are the disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you have believed in him, if you accepted him as a Lord and Savior, you are a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. One of the things that is said about her, she was always doing good and helping the poor. Now, this woman was known that she was helping the poor. The poor here include the widows. He used to share. He was giving them clothes. The Bible records that she was dead, she had passed on, and she was dead. They were crying and wailing and actually even showing that this is what she has done for us. This is what she has done for us. She used her hands to make clothes and give to the poor. We are saved for the good works, which is sharing to the poor. We use our hands. You can use your hands, generate money and give to the poor. You can use your hands and do whatever you're doing and you help the poor. In our culture, maybe in the African context, we are not really that keen to give. It's not something that we are used to. We have seen quite a number of the Europeans or the, the, the community from overseas, they were donating clothes. And even time and again, we receive boxes of toys that they bring from the U.S., from whatever. They, they arrive in our churches. This is what we have for Christmas. And we distribute among our kids during the Sunday school rally. It's a good act. But when are we as Africans going to partake in this? It's a good thing they are training their kids, young as they are, because some of these toys, there are some, there are some notes where they write, hey, this is what we give you, 
uh, enjoy this in these toys that they share to the kids. It's a good act they are giving to us in Africa. But when, when are we going to be part of it? Where as Africans, we are going to have those boxes that we give and we send, we send to the poor amongst ourselves as Africans, some areas in the continent or in distant areas or even abroad, give those gifts. We are supposed to share with the people, share with the poor. Don't be comfortable to see people who are needy. They don't even have Christmas. They don't have anything to give. And you are a Christian there preaching Christ and actually even demanding some offerings sometimes, not even giving to the needy. We should give to the needy. The other thing that we see as Christians, we see it in the character of the Lord Jesus Christ. God was, Jesus Christ himself, whilst on this earth, he showed the culture of the kingdom of heaven. Jesus Christ cared for the people who were gathered in the mountain where he was preaching. After preaching and he realized that the people were now uh, hungry, he said, you should give them food to eat. The people have come to listen to the word of God, and after listening to the word for quite a number of hours, it remains important that as a Christian you provide for them. And then he was able to give them food, and you remember the story of the two fish and five loaves of bread. It is one of the characters of the kingdom of heaven we need to share. As Christians, let's not just be comfortable the lives we live not caring for those who are in need. We have to show the kingdom of God. Now, I want to draw your attention to God's character that actually is paramount. It reveals this, the character of God that reveals the act of giving. This is found in finances or in giving. Actually, in the Old Testament, it also comes into the New Testament. But I want to draw your attention to the issue of tithes and offering. But I want to talk about tithes today. When we talk about tithes, we know that in the Old Testament, there were three types of tithes. Tithes, we can say, they actually re are recorded in the Bible when Melchizedek was given tithes. But if you read the history of the Near East, it is said that this is, had, had been a practice, that, a practice that had been done for quite some number of years, even before it was recorded in Scripture. But actually... Abraham acted on it actually even before it was recorded in the laws of Moses. And then it came into the laws of Moses and God commanded Israel to give the tithes. There were three types of tithes. God in the Israel, he had the people whom he referred to as priests and Levites. Those were people who had dedicated themselves. Actually, it was a tribe that he had dedicated, that were dedicated to the service of the Lord in the kingdom of God. Those people had no allotment when the land was distributed in Canaan. They had no allotment. So their task was to do only the work of Christ or the work of God in the temple and doing all the tasks that were necessary in the house of the Lord. They were musicians and doing all those things in the house of the Lord. Now, we learn in the book of Numbers 18.21 that tithes were collected for those. That's what 10% of their yearly harvest it was given to the Levites and the priests. But there is the other tithe. 
that was distributed that was collected also. It was a tithe that was used, uh, distributed, eaten by actually the family. We find in Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse 22 to 27, it's another tithe. Then there's also the third tithe that was collected, which was, is found in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse 23 to 29. That is another tithe that was collected. Now, the, one, the first tithe was collected annually, then the second tithe was collected every one, two, year one, year two, year three. You don't collect it. You collect the third tithe, which was used for the vulnerable in society. They will come and they will eat the tithe together, the poor and the widows and the foreigners, and enjoy the providence of the Lord. What does that show about God's character? He shows that he cares about the poor. He cares about the vulnerable groups in society. He cares about the widows. He cares about the foreigners. He knew that they could not just keep on giving the tithe only to the Levites, of which they definitely needed because they had no allotment, but there were people also who needed the tithes. Now, as we try to bring that into our lives as Christians, it shows that we need to care also for the poor. It is God's character to care for those who are vulnerable in society. Furthermore, the Bible says in the book of 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 8, that the Bible condemns those who claim to be Christians, yet they fail to care for their family members. We are saved to portray the goodness of God in caring for the vulnerable, and we also have to portray the goodness of God to our family members, to provide for our family members, those who are in need. You cannot be a Christian not caring about your parents if they need money, or your cousins, you know, as Africans, we have extended families, but you need to care for them. That's a mistake that we have, had, we, have, we have made. You find that a person is so faithful in paying tithes in church and actually even giving to the men of God, of which we don't dispute, but there is nothing that is going home. Nothing you are, saying, you are taking home that does not portray the goodness of God. I want us to get further now to go further now to the caring for the sick, which was portrayed by the Lord Jesus Christ again. Time and again, Jesus Christ will move around healing the sick, opening the blind eyes, uh, or helping the deaf, and all those people. It was a sign of what we have been saved for. Praying for people, being part of them in the times of sorrow. Jesus Christ went to the house of Mary. Where Mary and Mary Magdalene, when Lazarus was dead, he was part of the society. We are part of society and we have to portray the good works and we have to care for, the, for, for those who are sick. If you read the Bible in Isaiah chapter 58, it says, is, is not this kind of fasting I have chosen to lose the chains of injustice and untie the cause of the yoke? to set the oppressed free and break every yoke. Now this is what I want. Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor with shelter? When you see the naked, to clothe them, when you see the naked, to clothe them, and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. 
We have to care for the people who are in needy, care for those who are oppressed. And then he says we have to break every yoke. We have to pray for the people that are under oppression. We have to care for them. We don't just have to be Christians. Every day we are happy to go to church and we worship and we read the word and we're nourished. We pray, we pray. But there is nothing that we do to care for those who are sick. We have to visit those in hospitals, in homes, in different areas and pray for them that they be healed and that God restores them. It is true some of them are going to die, but we need to bring them closer to the Lord such that they have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. So as Christian, we have to, Christians, we have to illuminate the goodness of God by the conduct that we have as Christians, by caring for the needy, by praying for the needy, by visiting the needy, by also caring for our family members, by also doing good things in society. We are also seeing in the life of Jesus Christ of forgiving. Jesus Christ in the cross said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they are doing. Part of the characters or the culture of the kingdom of God that we should illuminate is forgiveness. This is one of the hardest things some Christians fail to do. We need to forgive. Forgiveness doesn't mean you are a fool or you are just somebody who is helpless? No. But forgiveness is a character of a Christian. You forgive a person. It is true that when you forgive someone, you might not forget because our brains have recorded the incident, but you have to forgive. Smile again with the person. It hurts sometimes, but you have to do it because Jesus Christ has commanded us to forgive. The prayer, the Lord's prayer says, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who, tra to, uh, who trespass against us. So as we forgive them, God also forgives us. As Christians, we have to forgive. We have been saved to show forgiveness to the people. Sometimes you will have to seek forgiveness even if the person did something that was wrong to you. You do it for the sake of peace and you are obeying the Holy Spirit. It gives you peace just to seek forgiveness even if you are the one who has been wronged. Try to iron everything. Not, don't just be a Christian who has grudges with different people even in the church. Now, we have been saved to show peace and to show reconciliations, uh, reconciliation as Christians. Where there is a commotion as Christians, we have to show reconciliation. We have to show the direction that this is how things have to be. Not only by speech, but actually even by deeds. We have to show that this is what the kingdom of God wants us to do. When people are fighting, we present peace. We, we are a solution to that situation as Christians. That's what we've been called for. We are saved for that. The Bible says we are the salt of the world. We are the salt of the world. It means people have to be to see Christ in us and have to find flavor in whatever we are doing. That's what we've been called to do as Christians. That's why you didn't die immediately, you were saved. You had to live on such that you can show the goodness of God, you can show humility, so you can show the care for the needy, you can portray the goodness of the heaven of the, the kingdom of heaven. 
That's what we've been called to do as Christians. The other thing that we've been called to is found in Matthew 28 verse 19 is that we portray the goodness of Jesus Christ by making others disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We have been called to do that as Christians. We are not just saved that we have been saved, now everything is okay. We go to church X or we go to this church, we are blessed by so many sermons and we fold our arms. We have been saved such we can invite others to the good Christ that we have received, that they too may be long to heaven or to the kingdom of heaven. We have to show the goodness of the Lord by our deeds. Generosity has to be part of us as Christians, has to be part of our lives. We have been saved for good works. Now, a church that does not care for the needy actually is not following the kingdom principles. A brethren who does not care for the needy is not following the kingdom principles. A brethren that does not forgive is not following the kingdom principles. One that has hatred is not following the principles of the kingdom. We should illuminate the forgiveness of God in the way we do things. People should see Christ in us. They should see the kindness in us, the good acts in us. Well, let's not just be Christians who are spiritually and material or in, in terms of act, there is nothing we do. We don't share clothes. We don't, we don't share whatever we have. We, it's all ours. We have to share. Now, as we come to an end of the service, what are you doing in your society or in your community? How about your life? Does it portray the kingdom principle? Do you forgive? When you look at yourself, do you think what you're doing is right? Do you care for your family members? Do you care for your needy in your community or wherever you are? Sometimes we are in town and there's people who are actually requesting for money. Some of us they give, some of us they don't. But what do you do when you see those people? Some have actually taken an opportunity or they've taken a step. Those that park cars, if you have your money, have you given them anything? Because some of them are desperate. Actually, that's another opportunity to give. Some are really in need. It is true, some they are not. But let us follow what the Holy Spirit says and what the Bible says. If God says give in any particular situation, you have to give. There are some bereaved people around. Do you participate in those situations in your community? Do you lend a helping hand? How do you communicate with people you have had grudges before with or had a conflict? Do you still talk or you just close the chapter and said, I will never talk to him again? It might be a brethren in church, and you have said, I'll never talk to that person again. Today, the Bible is calling us to portray the goodness of God. We have been saved for the good works. The good works include illuminating the kingdom of heaven by the way we do things and the way we interpret life, forgiving people and getting together with those that have wronged us. Showing love to people who hate us. We have been called to that as Christians. But I want to tell you that you cannot do these things 
on your own. You need the Lord Jesus Christ in your heart and to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit. If you're talking about being filled about the Holy Spirit, yes, it can include tongues to those who believe in that, but it also includes yielding, total yield to the Holy Spirit leadership. You have to yield. If he says, for go to so and so and seek forgiveness, you have to go, regardless of who did something, who, who was wrong. That's how the Lord will lead you. Now, the question is, does your life portray the kingdom of heaven? How do you talk with people? How do you give? What do you do in society? May the Lord help you. If you haven't realized that you belong to a heavenly kingdom that has its principles that are what we have listed, please take your time and seek his leadership and start acting. Now, and let people see Christ in what you do. Well, we have come to the end of our program today. I believe God has ministered to you through his word and your life has been changed. Now you understand the good works that God expects from you as his child. Please take some time and uh, comprehend and think about this and take steps. Don't just listen, but please do something because that's what the Bible encourages us to do. God willing, let us meet next time. Goodbye.